0: Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the biweekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George.
1: And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Normal People. Normal People was written by Sally Rooney and published in 2018.
0: And the uh, Hulu adaptation series came out in 2020.
1: And we are discussing the wildly popular book and TV series, Normal People, which is exciting. We've been wanting to do this one for a while, not just because of its popularity, but also because it is both a listener and patron requested episode. Our listener, Marion, and our patron, Akery, asked us to cover this episode for the podcast. And of course, we love doing patron and listener requested Mm -hmm. episodes. So it makes us really excited to do this one.
0: Yeah, it's a funny situation because, like, when the series came out in 2020, like, it was hugely popular. Yeah. And the book was very popular as well. And it was one of those moments where I think we were like, ah, man, I wish this had been on our radar and we had done an episode on it, like, now. Because a lot of this stuff, you know, is really popular and then it, like, totally fades away.
1: Yeah. And
0: I usually kind of expect it to be like that, Mm -hmm. especially for, like, a Hulu, you know, series or something like that. And uh, two years later, we're still getting requests and people asking for it and stuff like that. So Yeah,
1: I think it says a lot about the show and the book that it's still on people's minds two years later. And also, I think the time when it came out was really interesting because it was the beginning of the pandemic. Yes. A lot of people were at home um, binging it, you Mm -hmm. know, so maybe that helped with its popularity as well. And then it's also worth mentioning that Sally Rooney's first book, Conversations with Friends, is going to be... Release soon as another Hulu adaptation.
0: Hulu's doing that one as well. Okay. Yeah. And the
1: same team that worked on this one Lenny Abramson, Egg uh, Guinea, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Will be working on this adaptation as well.
0: Yeah. So that's really interesting. Really interesting. I'm excited to see what that one's like as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Sally Rooney also has a new book out too. Yes. Uh, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Yes. Which I've just seen a lot of people talking about on social media and everything. Mm -hmm. So just uh, a perfect, perfect conditions for us to talk about and revisit uh, this series. Yeah. And get to discuss it.
1: So let's get into it. Let's talk about our main characters, Marianne and Connell who live in Ireland.
0: Yes, uh, they are both attending a high school where I don't know, 20 kids go to this school, <laughs> like in the show, it, there were so few people there.
1: I know. I was like, was this filmed during COVID? It wasn't. But <laughs> yeah. like the, the small school cast, it's like, how many people go to this high school?
0: Also, like they're all seniors. Yeah. Like there's no range of age <laughs> within the kids. Uh, I don't know how different the school system is in Ireland, but it felt like odd in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Connell is a popular kid, I would mm-hmm. say. He plays... Okay, now this is the first thing. <laughs> he plays rugby, right? But they keep calling it soccer yeah. in the show or in the book.
1: I can't remember. Either the book or the show calls it soccer or football and also rugby. And I was so confused.
0: Yes. And then this, the book, I think, keeps referring to soccer, Yeah, which I'm like... Is that rugby? Because unless Ireland doesn't call soccer football like the rest of the UK does. Well, and
1: then we're also reading the American. Version That's true. Book, so that's they have changed it.
0: But there's so much else that they don't change. I'm like, why change that one thing? I have
1: no idea, Ian. Also,
0: it made me realize how little I know about rugby because we're watching <laughs> them run. And they're like bouncing the ball and off the ground. And you're like, this is,
1: wait, what what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> like, how does this play? How, how does this work? <laughs> My very limited sports knowledge is showing up again. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but Connell is a rugby slash soccer slash football player mm-hmm. uh, who's very popular in school. And he's kind of quiet a little withdrawn yeah uh, but still you know is kind of surrounded by the popular kids
1: yeah and in opposition is Marianne who's also a senior and she is sort of just a general outcast we never really get an explanation as to when this started if it's been her whole life in school because yeah. they've grown up going to school together basically and all these people all grew up going to school together. It doesn't seem like a big school. Yeah. Even in the context of the book, it doesn't seem that big. Um, But she's kind of known for being weird, like very withdrawn, very isolated.
0: Confrontational. Confrontational.
1: It almost seems like she doesn't, like, want to be friends with anyone. Yeah. But it's also really clear that everybody thinks she's really freaky and odd and kind of makes fun of her a lot.
0: Yeah, I... I I still grapple with whether I like this, her character early on in her role in high school. Yeah. The idea that, like, there's nobody that she hangs out with or wants to hang out with and that, like... Nobody likes her at all. Mm -hmm. And in the show, they try to make it seem like she's not attractive when she's, like, very, very beautiful. They're like, what if
1: we just keep her hair up the whole time?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And she doesn't wear makeup, but, like, obviously she's wearing makeup. Like, you know, one of those situations. But, uh, yeah, she just uh, doesn't get along with anyone, really. And I kind of was expecting more to come up about this, because, you know, someone refers to her as a psycho. Yeah. And her having mental issues. And I'm like, okay, something must have really serious have happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we find out later that her dad died.
1: Yeah. But there's never any indication that that was when things shifted for her. No. Really? Or like, she had friends before and then she didn't. Like, something had to happen, right?
0: Yeah. Or like, is her behavior, did it used to be, like, a lot worse or something? Yeah. Just as like, reputation that's following her seems, like, more extreme than what we ever actually see in the story.
1: Yeah. So the two of them, even though they're so different in their social standing, are connected by the fact that um, Mary Ann's family, who is very wealthy despite their, her dad passing away... Um, has a woman who comes to clean the house and that woman is Connell's mother, Lorraine.
0: Yes, so Connell frequently drives to the house usually to pick up Lorraine Mm -hmm. uh, when she's done with work and he'll have interactions with Marianne when he's there. And it seems like he's awkward about it at first, like he's kind of pressuring his mom to go, Mm -hmm. he doesn't really want to be around, that sort of deal. Yeah. But uh, we do see uh, them interacting a bit, having conversations and clearly like, There is some kind of connection between them.
1: They're the smartest students in the school. Yeah. And they're both very interested in reading and culture. And I think maybe Marianne, in Connell's shyness, senses a kindred spirit. Yeah. That even though he is popular, he does have this kind of isolated nature, very to himself, that I think she relates to a lot. And we can tell, you know, in the show... That she kind of has a crush on Connell.
0: Yeah, she tells him that she likes him, mm-hmm. which she's like, okay. And then later he's like, hey, by the way, when you said you liked me, <laughs> like, just so we're on the same page, I just want to clarify that. Uh, and this leads to them uh, kissing. Uh, kind of just, like, hesitantly and experimentally at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems to go okay. You know, yeah. uh, good reviews all around.
1: <laughs> but... We get to the the crux of the situation. Yeah. Which is that Connell doesn't want anyone to know about their relationship. No.
0: He specifically tells her, like... Well, I think she's the first one to be like, we don't have to tell anyone. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, don't tell anyone.
1: Well, she kind of offers it because he's like, I don't know how I feel about you, like... You're so different at school, and I I don't want things to be uncomfortable for me at school. Yeah. And so she kind of responds to that by saying, well, we don't have to tell anyone.
0: Yes, yeah. (laughs) She definitely is kind of pressured into that decision and offering that. Uh, So then they decide to, uh, you know, uh, schedule a date for The two of them for her to go over to his house and have sex,
1: yes, as you do, <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> a, a, in a very mature fashion, you know, yes.
1: A, uh, promptly at three, please y- show up for sexual intercourse,
0: <laughs> add it to your Google Calendar, get the alert. <laughs>
1: uh, he
0: offers her a drink very politely when she shows up, yes, and some uh, tea, some tea, yes. So <laughs> they sit in her. her his room for a little bit and kind of talk and mm-hmm. kind of just opening up a little further about like how she's aware that she's perceived at school as being antagonistic and yeah. uh, confrontational and that sort of thing and them mm-hmm. kind of like just sharing a little bit more about themselves.
1: Yeah. I really want to talk about this sex scene, um, because it is one of the few differences between the book and the show.
0: Mm, yeah. Um
1: really the show which, you know, Sally Rooney wrote the screenplay. Yeah. With um someone else. I forget the name off the top of my head now. Um but so it's like extremely faithful, right? The dialogue is very is basically the same. Obviously some of it's been cut. Like the plot doesn't really diverge, but here, you know, in the book where we hear about like the first time they had sex, um it's just kind of Connell remarking like, "Oh, Marianne was a virgin and like, you know, we had this thing and then like it, it's just ta- talking about their sexual relationship, but The show, I feel like, really gives it this moment Mm -hmm. between them and is establishing the intimacy between them and is also establishing what the intimacy is going to be like in the show, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an excellent depiction of uh, sex that is, like, both very uh, consensual, very uh, slow and caring – Uh, You know, there's foreplay involved. Ian, there's foreplay foreplay in this sex scene. (laughs) We are constantly, I don't know how much on the podcast, but at least like amongst ourselves criticizing shows and movies for when characters, especially young people, have sex. Yeah. Where they kiss for like one minute and then it's just going straight at it. (laughs) And we're like, no. That is not good. That's going to be a bad time. Like, that's not going to be fun. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know if they just don't want to do a longer sex scene. I'm not sure what the deal is. But like. You know, in this one, you can tell they're doing, like, hand stuff and foreplay mm-hmm. and him asking, like, is this good? Do you like this? That kind of thing. and Yeah. I, you know, because, like, this is what obviously, you know, more along the lines of how sex should be, like, in people's lives. Yes. And we need depictions of that in media mm-hmm. so people can see it and be like, oh, okay, that's cool and fine
1: yeah i really love the communication that connell like keeps open with marianne throughout yeah. throughout the process right and a lot of people i think a lot of people i think sometimes there's this idea that you know making sure everything is consensual is not sexy but like yeah. it can still be sexy and you know what it's intimate and it's sweet and it's tender and sexy to check in with your partner and be like do you like this? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know,
0: especially for a new sexual partner, yeah. that you're not familiar with, like that is really good and important to just be doing that.
1: Yeah, I love that he says, you know, we can stop anytime you want. Yes, that's not too. awkward. Mm-hmm. Just keeping that option open to Marianne, like just because we're we start doing this doesn't mean that you can't back out now if you if you don't want to. And he's especially conscious that this is her first time. It's not the first time for Connell, so I think. In him taking this role, um, being more proactive about checking in with her, it's definitely the right move.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I really loved uh, the sex scene in this show. And there are a lot of sex scenes, but I think for the first one, yeah, it's really important to establish what their d- dynamic is moving forward. Yeah,
1: it's also worth noting that this show had um, an intimacy coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Um, which a lot of shows and movies are doing now. Yeah,
0: it's starting to grow in popularity, which, I mean, it's so important.
1: Yes, and I and I read that the stars, uh, Paul Mescal and uh, Daisy Edgar-Jones, talked specifically about having the intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. and how valuable it was for them. Yeah. And both of them saying, like, I don't want to ever do it sex project without one. Yeah. Um, Having experienced that. So, you know, the fact that they're talking about it too is also good drawing attention to the need for that.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the sex coordinator, it's their job to be like, okay, this is specifically the actions that are going to take place. Like we've yeah. all agreed to this. We're not going to do anything that we haven't agreed to. Because mm-hmm. like, I think in the past, especially women have been put in positions or the director on the day of is like, hey, let's do this thing. Yeah. And suddenly you have no one to advocate for you and you're stuck in this position of having to, like, expose yourself and do things that you didn't know you were going to have to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's such a sensitive topic that, yeah, this – uh, what's the –
1: Intimacy? Intimacy
0: coordinator, yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that's becoming so much more popular.
1: Yeah, so this beautiful, tender first sexual encounter is unfortunately contrasted with the way that Connell acts towards Marianne at school.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is, um, I don't know, spineless and shitty. Yeah. Because Marianne just continues to be mocked and ridiculed by the people that he considers to be his friends. Yeah. And he just sits there and twiddles his thumbs over it.
1: He won't look at her. Mm -hmm. He won't talk to her. Um, What's that one scene where his one friend is kind of like, oh, making a joke about like oh asking Marianne to the Debs or something to dance and and Connell starts just like freaking out right yeah he ends up running to the bathroom and like vomiting
0: oh that's yeah later I know that's later yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. after he like took her home and they were like yes and they were like oh did anything happen Mm -hmm. with you two last night kind of teasing him and he like runs to the bathroom and and I think that's interesting because at first, the whole dynamic just seems to be like, oh, Connell's just fucking spineless and yeah. like, won't stand up for her or himself or anything. But then as the show, especially later on, um, but in that moment, you start to realize like, oh, he has like some real severe anxieties around intimacy
1: social pressure
0: social pressure and things like something that's like really Mm -hmm. bothering him that's like outside of the norm of just like regular peer pressure
1: yeah yeah i got a little ahead of myself there but like that deb's fundraiser scene yes where you know marianne kind of gets dressed up to go to this event i don't really understand why they go to a club to raise money for a prom (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, why not just do the the club and not worry about the prom? I know. If the, I could go to clubs when I was 18, I would rather do that than go to, to prom. Be,
0: to be fair, though, their prom or the deb's as they yeah. call it, they get like a nice catered dinner with it, which is pretty fucking cool, and they cool. can drink. And they can drink. Oh my god.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus, I wish
1: bitter over here in America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were three years away from that when we were at prom. Well, I, I mean, had a.
1: Fucking stupid ass palm tree that the <laughs> prom committee made for us. Because our theme was like a jungle paradise or something. Oh my
0: God. What was ours? Ours was like a Wonderland, like an Alice in Wonderland Ugh. theme. Why do they have to be themed? I don't
1: know, Ian. It can just be a dance. I
0: know. They can just
1: put up lights.
0: Homecoming, do a theme, like whatever. But like prom, (laughs) what's the point? Yeah. Anyway, let's go to Ireland. (laughs) Let's go back in time. Let's go to
1: Ireland where you can drink at your high school dance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the fundraiser, they're at the club promoting. And Marianne has actually dressed up looking great, mm-hmm. you know, on point. She's got she's a great dress. on the dance
1: floor looking sexy, and Connell is like, can't take his eyes off her, mm-hmm. but he's with his friends, so he can't publicly acknowledge her.
0: Also, there is one good girl <laughs> among their friends named Karen, Karen, who's the only one who is like, yeah, Marianne seems cool. Like, yeah. are we kind of like too shitty to her? And
1: <laughs> what's, what's the
0: deal with that? And she's out dancing with Marianne, and I'm like, yes, this is what I want more of. Uh, but there's a whole incident that happens after this though where a man an older man comes and starts kind of like harassing marianne and actually gropes her yeah and this is like too much for her she has she kind of like runs away and once again connell like just stood there during the incident and like yes he follows her to Mm -hmm. like check in on her but like Man, didn't stand up for her. He is so fucking frustrating yeah. early on in this show. He
1: does say uh, fuck off to Rachel when Rachel's <laughs> being too weak <mean> to Marianne. <laughs> yeah. But that's the extent of his standing up for her.
0: It is. I will say that, like, early on in the show, I did have a little bit of a disconnect or trouble getting into the show, specifically because the actors playing these roles are so obviously older than high school age.
1: They were, um, so Marianne was 21 and the guy who played Connell was 24.
0: Yes. Yeah. 23 or 24, I think. Yeah.
1: It's,
0: you know, it, it certainly isn't the first show to do that. So it's not like a unique situation. I think maybe that it is a much more serious depiction of high school drama. Yeah. And the fact that like, you know, a high school student who isn't standing up for his girlfriend due to peer pressure. Like, that's a real
1: thing that happens.
0: Yeah. And like, is very dramatic and something that like, I would like to see in a show and is interesting. Mm-hmm. But when I'm watching this 24 year old man <laughs> who just can't stand up for anyone or himself, like, yeah. it's frustrating in a different way. And like, I don't have as much sympathy as if I was actually watching like an 18 year old kid. Who looks that age. Yeah. I mean, that is no criticism of the actors in this show. Like, they're all great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I understand too that they get older, you know, so like. As
1: the story goes on. So right.
0: I get casting older actors, but like, I did feel like a little disconnected from the show early on for that reason.
1: Yeah, I think um, Paul Mescal in particular looked. Older, He
0: did. <laughs> Just a, like, square-jawed, broad-shouldered, handsome man. Yeah. Who, like, kind of has a boyish charm to him, but that's about the only thing that, like... <laughs>
1: Makes him seem young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Connell does take Marianne home with them, and they, you know, go back to his place. And this is a vulnerable moment for Marianne where she ends up confessing to him that her father was abusive to her mother. Yeah. In the book, not necessarily in the show, she also says that her dad hit her as well.
0: Yeah, I don't think she answers the question in the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the abuse went to her as well, and I kind of was kind of almost waiting for the throughout the whole series to find out if there was sexual abuse as well. Yeah. Uh it, it's never confirmed or mentioned, just only physical abuse, but
1: mm-hmm. Connell is really devastated to hear this and chooses this moment to tell Marianne that he loves her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I agree with this choice, <laughs> yeah. because I feel like he's saying it to comfort her.
0: Yes, not and, for the right reason. And maybe he
1: does feel it, but it's not the right time. No. <laughs> read, the,
0: read the room, Connell. <laughs> I mean, it's sweet to a degree. He like wants to, you know, make her feel safe or, you know, loved. But still,
1: I do think this is like a familiar dynamic that continues with them, though, that Connell is almost unable to admit his feelings until she's like really upset. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I, I'm gonna protect you. I care about you.
0: Yeah, Connell is just like so closed off emotionally usually until it's like almost absolutely necessary. And even then he's still. Yeah, and then can't it's like too up.
1: late. Yeah.
0: And it it's really interesting to a degree. And I think over time in the show, especially, you start to like just understand how deeply rooted that insecurity and that difficulty in expressing himself really is yeah so at first you know we were saying like oh it just seems like the peer pressure from his friends is what's stopping him but Mm -hmm. then you just as it continues and you see him you know in different situations and getting older and just how like how much that's halting his life and his development yeah you just see like wow what a real problem this is
1: yeah i think it's the same way with marianne right you see her isolation and her pushing people away and you know it coming from this fear of being like not good enough being unlovable and you know this going back to like the abuse that she suffered uh, in her family you know and like seeing this play out you know not just in her relationship with connell but relationships with friends relationships with other partners in the future um so yeah this is a really like fascinating story in that way
0: yes uh Connell does one of his shittiest things in the <laughs> book and show so far, which is that he asks his friend Rachel, who, like, everyone knows she likes him. Yeah. And they have dated in the past and even had sex. Mm-hmm. He asks her to the Debs instead of Marianne. Yes. And at this point, uh, Lorraine. Connell's mom. Connell's mom knows that he and Marianne are kind of like an item and hanging out. And there's, like, an interesting moment where, like, he asks Lorraine not to tell anyone mm-hmm. and she's kind of like confused. She's like, why does she have a boyfriend or like, yeah. what's the deal? And Connell like won't get into it. Now Connell tells her this news that he asked Rachel to the Debs.
1: Yes. This and is Marianne,
0: like... or I'm sorry, and Lorraine <laughs> is immediately team Marianne.
1: Yes. I, this is like my favorite part of the book and the show, honestly. Yeah. And I love in the show, like Lorraine just being like, pull it in here.
0: pull pull in here they're they're, they're in a car she's like
1: stop the car yes he's like what What, what's going on
0: and she just fucking rips him up one side and down the other yeah at first she's just like is Marianne going with no one she's not not that you know of like okay uh and she just tells him how she's like disgusted with him.
1: Yeah. So you're just going to have sex with her secretly. She's like, do you talk to her in school? Yeah. Are you ignoring her in school? Do other people know that you're seeing her? Um, And just kind of says how shameful that he is. And yeah. she says, I'm ashamed of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that Lorraine isn't excellent mom you know she had connell when she was young she's been a single parent connell's whole life you can tell that the two of them are very close yes and that you know he respects her and so i think for her to come down this hard on him and not to spare his feelings at all Mm -hmm. is really great and i think important for connell's development you know i mean like later on there's a part in the show when i think it might be in the in the book too i can't remember Where Connell is saying, like, oh, Marianne's overreacting about this. And I, you know, why aren't you on my side? And Lorraine says, I don't want to be on your side. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just kind of saying how messed up it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's excellent. It's one of those moments, too, where, like, you know what's going on in the show is fucked up. Yeah. But you just need someone in the show (laughs) To confirm this. Yeah. And I think sometimes people, like, ignore the necessity for this because, like, this can ruin a show if a show continues to be, like, so, like kind of twisted or, like, abusing its characters without ever once giving, like, a voice to reason. Well,
1: then you feel like they're endorsing it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because you're like, is the show saying this is fine? Yeah. Uh, and then the creator or whoever will be like, no, obviously it's not good. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but you still need to say that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that you think everyone's so smart and will understand <laughs> that, but, like, it needs to be said by someone at some point.
1: Yeah, Some somebody needs to acknowledge that this is not healthy and that, you know, this is not an, an okay to, way to act to somebody. Yeah. Um, We have a scene, too, where Connell tells Marianne about taking Rachel. And, like, he kind of acts like it's no big deal. Yeah. And you just feel so devastated for Marianne because, like, she's been acting casual this whole time. She's been acting like it doesn't matter to her that Connell won't you know, hang out with her in front of people and that he wants to keep her a secret. But I think this is the last straw for her. Yeah. And I was really happy to see Marianne tell him to leave and then to kind of just cut off contact with him.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the fact that, like, she's been letting this whole situation go on for so long of them seeing each other in private and not Mm -hmm. having it acknowledged or him acknowledge it. And there's a great scene of them at this abandoned house. Yeah. Where she tells him, like... What does she say? Like, I would lay on the ground and let you walk all over me, like, literally. Yeah. And just kind of saying, like, you have, I'm ge- I'm letting you have all this power over me.
1: Yeah, in this relationship.
0: Yeah. And just kind of acknowledging, like, it's up to him, like, how to use it almost. Mm-hmm. And clearly he's just, like, completely taking advantage of her. So it's good to see her, to a degree, stand up for herself in this moment.
1: Yeah. And then we get another great Lorraine scene. When Lorraine is cleaning Marianne's house and, you know, is like, I know about the whole situation and tells Marianne, she's like, you're too good for him. Yeah. And gives her a hug. And it's just so sweet to Marianne and supportive.
0: I know. Just Lorraine.
1: (laughs) Best mom. Number
0: one mom. (laughs) 2020. (laughs) Connell ends up going to the dance, which is just a sad, sad, awkward time of him just Not dancing. There's just one part of the show where all the dudes are sitting and just watching, like, all of their girlfriends dancing. Ian,
1: this is such a relatable (laughs) high school experience. I went to prom, you know, my junior year, my senior year, so 11th and 12th grade. Um, The one year I went, you know, with my boyfriend at the time, the other year I went by myself. But, like... I don't know what it is about high school boys. They just do not want to dance. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody looks good dancing. Nobody's really looking at you. We're all just like having a good time together. Get over yourself.
0: I know. It's just like more acceptable for some reason for women to dance. (laughs) To flail
1: around. Yeah.
0: But like if a guy does it, he's trying and that's embarrassing and bad. Yeah. I danced though. (laughs) Like. Not, like, a ton or not greatly either, but, like, I danced at high school dances. Let it be noted that I did. I was not, like, Connell. Put it down on the record. Yes. I was not a Connell or his friends.
1: Uh, Marianne, though, has not come back to school after this. No. So she stops coming to school. She comes back to take, like, their final exams and everything but she just doesn't want to be seen at school anymore. She's embarrassed by the situation with Connell. She can't face him anymore. She's not answering his texts or anything. And um, yeah, the, we this scene with Connell at the Debs dance, and obviously Marianne isn't there, yeah. is just so heartbreaking because he's clearly so miserable. Yeah. And you're like, and you know that he did it
0: to himself. Oh my God, and yes. And he
1: knows he did it to himself. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> oh yeah i fucked up
0: yes and he has a scene with his friend who's like hey what's up with you and marianne and he's like what do you mean and he's like we literally all know that like you've been having sex with her yeah like is it just for fun or like what's What's going on and like connell can't even talk about it but like just and he he calls marianne and leaves a voicemail in the show in the show and is just like apologizing and just saying like how miserable he
1: is and I miss you and then he's crying in the street and I'm yes. like oh my god
0: this is <laughs> a lot and then he makes Rachel's night shitty his yeah. actual date by just fucking off <laughs> and like not going back So I
1: love how he didn't want to go to the dance and his mom in the show is like you have to go <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you fucking idiot <laughs> So at this point, we get a time jump to Connell going to Trinity College yeah. uh, in Dublin, mm-hmm. which he only is going to because in high school, he and Marianne had a conversation about where they were going, what they were going to do. And she convinced him uh, to go to that school where she was going yeah, to pursue English because it was something that was like he was interested in.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's at Trinity. Presumably Marianne is there to... Um, but they obviously haven't talked since, uh, their devastating breakup. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but Connell's not having a great time at school. And this is interesting because this is sort of a reversal of how things were for him in high school. Yeah. He was very popular in high school. He had lots of friends, all these people that he grew up with, you know, he was kind of grew up in a small town, knew everyone, everyone knew him, and suddenly he's at Trinity, and nobody gives a fuck about him.
0: Yeah. He is very quiet, not talking or engaging with anyone. Like, he lives with, like, three other guys in this house. And mm-hmm. there's just, in the show, shots of him, like, you know, walking past them and heating stuff up in the microwave and then leaving again, like, not engaging. Yeah. In class, he seems kind of, like, withdrawn, not, uh, you know, uh, talking about the subjects that are coming up or mm-hmm. being able to articulate his thoughts on any of the reading that they're doing. Clearly, he's just, like, having trouble coming out of his shell.
1: Yeah. I think, too, um, in the book especially, there's a lot of conversation around how Connell feels isolated because of his, like, how he grew up and also being poor. Yes. And that everyone at Trinity, you know, either grew up in the city or is really wealthy. And Connell feels that distinction very clearly, Uh, in being that like you know he has to have jobs like he's working at a gas station he's a waiter he's doing all these odd jobs to put himself through school and to afford you know an apartment and things like that and you know he feels like all these people are really pretentious at school
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah with like really bad views i love uh he meets this guy gareth yeah they they talk about like this alt-righter nazi coming to speak at the school and Gareth is like, yeah, I think we should just, uh, you know, hear all sides. We have like, to
1: defend free speech.
0: We shouldn't silence people. And, and Connell, and this is, I think, exclusive in this show, is yeah. like, I mean, that's pretty like stupid logic, because by that logic, you'd have to literally invite everyone on every varying uh, stance and viewpoint to your college to talk and like yeah. let them all talk. And
1: <laughs> It makes no sense, <laughs> which just- I'm glad he pointed this out, because every time someone says free speech when we're talking about Nazis, I want to just... Slap them in the face.
0: <laughs> I know, <laughs> I'm like you know, the school is purposely giving them a platform, right? Yeah, this is. I actually found out I was watching an interview with uh, Sally Rooney, and she's like a Marxist. Yes, uh, which I found very like. I want to read up more on that. Like her. Like if she's written about that at all or Mm -hmm. her views or stances on that kind of thing. A
1: lot of the books that Connell and Marianne read in the book specifically um, are socialist or communist um, in perspective.
0: Yeah, Connell throughout the show or in the book too, I think, uh, expresses some, you know – communist stances or that kind of thing mm-hmm. and i think at one point his mom lorraine like calls him comrade yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really cracked me up
1: i mean i think like the class differences between connell and marianne are very well articulated in this story yeah um yeah. and how that has affected them in different ways and how they relate to each other but connell does end up going to this party with gareth because he's like all right i need to meet people i guess and who does he meet at the party But Marianne,
0: Marianne, Marianne living her best life. Yes. Surrounded by people who are just hanging off her every word. Mm -hmm. She's got style now. She's like
1: her hair is down. Ian, (laughs) she's wearing makeup. (laughs) And, you know, she's smoking. She's
0: smoking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she has a cigarette holder, but I almost imagine her with one. Yes. Uh, And I love how just so immediately you're like, this makes sense. Yeah. Like, I completely understand how someone like Marianne would just, like, immediately thrive Mm -hmm. in an environment in college. Yeah. But I love, too, the idea that, like, there is this feeling of fakeness to it. I I should say fakeness, but, like... The people she's talking to, there's a pretension, yes, kind of around it, and like
1: their discussions too. They're yeah. always talking about politics mm-hmm. and like movements and just like you know, yeah, uh, philosophy and things like that. And everybody wants to have an opinion and thinks they're so smart and well read and, and everything like that. But I think Marianne is excited to experience a world where she can actually talk to people, <laughs> yeah, you know, she has like some girlfriends now, uh, Joanna and Peggy, who are two, you know, college students that she likes to hang out with. She's dating Gareth, actually. So, you know, she feels kind of accepted in this world. And I think a lot of that is because of the money, right? The culture. And she's kind of instantly accepted into this group because of her social status. And it's a little bit harder for Connell Because of his shyness and also because of his working class status. But I love the moment when the two of them see each other because Gareth is introducing Connell to his girlfriend, Marianne. (laughs) Yes. And then Connell sees Marianne. And in that brief moment, Ian, you wonder for like a quick second, you're like, is Marianne going to pretend not to know him?
0: Yeah. Yep but she, she doesn't she doesn't
1: but I love that there's that possibility there
0: yeah like immediately with that dynamic of her like you immediately understand like okay she's the popular one now she's the one yeah. who people are interested in and I think that like the way the book and show do this reversal it's just it's so interesting but like makes so much sense mm-hmm. like how all of a sudden like the kid who's popular in high school has no idea what he's doing in college. Yeah. And the person who was repressed in high school is finally able to flourish and, mm-hmm. like, be themselves and meet like-minded people. And Yeah. It's so, uh, I don't want to say common, but relatable in a lot of ways. It really is. And, but Marianne, you know, is like, Connell, and, you know, they immediately kind of, like, hit it off again. They mm-hmm. kind of, like, fall back into this dynamic of them you know they kind of like leave everyone else at the party go to like a separate area and are just talking and catching up and yeah uh like immediately connecting
1: Mm -hmm. i think you know earlier in their relationship when they were just you know having sex and seeing each other secretly like they they always were able to talk to each other about stuff you know books things they wanted out of life thoughts about themselves be intimate with each other um so they're finding that again and after the party the two of them kind of begin To be friends again, Um, you know, not, like, sexual at all. Marianne's with Gareth for a while. Um, But, you know, Marianne introduces him to her friends, so he starts kind of hanging out with her friend group.
0: Yeah, and you can tell he's still kind of awkward and doesn't quite yeah. know how to like interact with these people or like he doesn't quite think they're funny like they are very pretentious and obnoxious like yeah jamie from the first moment you see him you just want to strangle him, him. <laughs> <laughs> commit some form of violence against him yes uh and so Connell still you know even though he's friends with marianne and is still having trouble connecting to people
1: mm-hmm. they do have a discussion though about what happened to them in high school um And I think this is important that they talk about it because for a while it seems like they're avoiding it. Yes. And then, you know, we get this opportunity for Connell to apologize to Marianne and to say – and to acknowledge how he treated her was terrible.
0: And for her, too, to be able to say, like, it was humiliating. Yeah. You know, like, I – think back on that time and like it was terrible and Mm -hmm. connell gives like this really sincere genuine apology like and he he tells her he's like you know i think i have a lot of social anxieties about Mm -hmm. this kind of thing and he's like not to like make any excuses for myself but yeah uh and he gets very emotional about it and i just love seeing this depicted this a man giving a very genuine emotional apology for something yeah, and truly meaning it. And like the sex scene earlier, Mm -hmm. it's something that you don't see very often. No. And it's like, I don't know if people think like, oh, if he apologizes, then the drama's over, right?
1: No. No, it's not. (laughs) And I think
0: that's so realistic, too, in terms of just human nature. We're so oftentimes aware of our issues, but are unable to like grow out of them. Mm -hmm. And you oftentimes have to keep learning the same lesson over and over again in life before you can maybe finally one day grow from it and change.
1: But you have to want to. Yes. And you have to be self-aware, right? And that's where, you know, therapy comes in. Mm -hmm. That's where being self-aware and and self-conscious and also... You know, examining your actions and being like, why did I do that? Why did I act that way? I want to be different. I want to be better. And
0: having people in your life who will call you out on the bullshit yes. when they see it yes. is so important. Yes, like Lorraine. Yeah. I think something this show and book do that is very unique and I, I think is so relatable in a way is it captures, I think, the shame that a lot of us feel have over things that like happened at that time in our life in high school and in college as well. Mm -hmm. Because on one hand, you're so young and you're still growing and... And
1: you're stupid, right? And you're
0: dumb. Yeah, but... Like, there's still this feeling of, like, oh, my God, I wish I could just go back in time and, like, mm-hmm. change all that, and I wish I wasn't that person. I wish I hadn't done or said those things. And you, Yeah, you just, and there's
1: still that element of responsibility, right? Yeah. Just because you're young doesn't mean that it didn't matter and it didn't hurt people.
0: Yeah, you just find yourself hyper-fixating on these aspects of yourself mm-hmm. from that time in your life, and there is a lot of, like, shame and hard feelings surrounding that that I don't... I I can't think of many shows that adequately address those issues from high school and deal with them in a way that isn't funny. Yeah. And isn't melodramatic.
1: Isn't, like, extreme bullying. Yes. (laughs) You know?
0: Like, a a lot of shows kind of tend to be, like, oh, it's this, like, intense high school drama that, Mm -hmm. like, is only intense because you're in high school. Yeah. Few things examine that outside of that environment mm-hmm. in a way that like
1: reflecting back on yes, it. yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's a really really great scene and you know their friendship continues to grow but they're clearly both still like attracted to each other Marianne ends up breaking up with Gareth, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Gareth, and his um, open shirts.
0: Oh, God. His deeply unbuttoned shirts. It's <laughs> exposed chest hair.
1: We do get a, a party scene where Marianne is drunk and kind of comes on to Connell. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also another healthy scene where Connell refuses to sleep with her because she is very drunk.
0: <laughs> it's also a pretty funny scene because she's like, why don't we go upstairs? And he's like, we are upstairs, Mary." <laughs> <laughs> Just her kind of embarrassing herself, but in yeah. a relatable... And the next morning, like, I've never seen an actor look more hungover <laughs> in my life than Marianne looks.
1: <laughs> I love, though, like, him giving her a ride home, and then he stays with her, you know? He's, like, making tea, he's hanging yeah. out in her little apartment, and, you know, she showers, and then they have sex yeah. and begin a sexual relationship again.
0: They We, we, we get the, um, the sexiness... Of the show once more, of the
1: bathrobe, the
0: bathrobe scene. And <laughs> yes, I, I saw. Um, who who's the guy who plays David in Schitt's Creek? Levy. Oh
1: yeah, Dan Levy. Dan
0: Levy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not Eugene. It's Dan Levy. He interviewed, um, the two stars of this show. Oh yeah, uh, Paul Mescal and uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, and he was just talking about the popularity of the show, and he's like, yeah, and I can't help but feel like, you know, because it took place during COVID. Everyone was just really horny. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. there's probably some truth to that. People just wanted to watch two attractive people have sex on a show a lot. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And these scenes are very sexy. <laughs>
0: they are. They're done very well. And, you know, pa- Paul Mezcal gives us a couple of uh, exposed dick moments. Oh, my
1: God. Ian, that floppy dick scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, of him just like laying there. It's like much later in the show. Yeah. I, I forget if I pointed out if we saw it first, but when we both saw it, we both went,
1: Whoa! at the same time. And, <laughs> and they linger on that. They it's not do. like a quick dick flash. <laughs> quick dick. It's not just like a, a sneak peek, you know? It's like, Oh, wow, that is there.
0: This is, I, I think we're having a, rena- not a renaissance, because I don't think it was ever really.
1: We're having an awakening. An
0: awakening (laughs) to seeing just more men's penises on shows.
1: Give it to us. Which is great. Yes.
0: Yeah, we need more of it. We see a lot
1: of boobs in this show. We see a lot of dicks.
0: Women have been doing like full frontal nudity in like shows, art house movies for like a long time. It's time the men start doing that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Marianne and Connell are together now, but they're also not really officially dating. No. And we get this scene where Peggy, Marianne's friend, is kind of asking them what they are. Like, you guys are fucking, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we're not really putting labels on it. It's very college of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, Peggy implies that she wouldn't be opposed to a threesome with them. <laughs>
0: and- Boy, does Connell just completely fumble this threesome offer? I mean, not that he like has to take it or anything, no. but he's just like, uh, yeah, I um I mean, I don't know if I uh <laughs> And
1: then Marian's like, oh, I don't think I would I would be into it. I'm too self-conscious. She
0: saves Connell.
1: <laughs> I love just watching Paul Mescal in this performance because literally the blood just drains from his face. Like you can tell he's like, oh oh god. <laughs> and like later on after Peggy he has left he's like oh my god thanks for the save there he's like i could never like have sex with with you with someone else there Mm
0: -hmm. and there is an interesting moment though after this where she says you know i would have done it if you wanted to yeah and i think the book captures this well i'm not sure the like i think it's maybe too ambiguous in the show yeah but just the idea you know, Connell says like you shouldn't do things that you wanted you, that you don't want to do yeah. even if you think I want to do them and he starts to kind of have a panic attack. Yeah. Cuz I think he's just kind of realizing that like she is under his control in a way.
1: And he's uncomfortable with that. Yeah,
0: it's this kind of maybe unhealthy or potentially unhealthy dynamic where, Mm -hmm. like, he could get away with doing things if he wanted to, and he doesn't like that responsibility, essentially.
1: Yeah, and knowing that.
0: Yeah, and he kind of has this, like, minor panic attack around her. Mm
1: -hmm. We get a scene of Marianne um, visiting home, and being with her mom and brother and extended family. And, you know, they're having, like, a normal, like, lunch or dinner together, and her family members are asking her about how school is going, how her studies are going, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But then afterward, her brother confronts her and is like, why do you have to talk about yourself so much?
0: Yeah. It is – the scenes with Al and her brother are so tense. Yeah. Like – I don't think I've like ever felt more tense watching anything. Mm-hmm. And like the stakes of the scene are like so low, but just the way he like corners her. Yes. Like anytime she's alone, he like follows her. Yes. And begins to like verbally abuse her. Mm-hmm. And then. And, and like, clearly nothing she says will diffuse the situation. Like, he wants a fight. Yeah. And she tries everything to, like, avoid it. And mm-hmm. then he gets pissed off anyway. And in this scene, he takes, like, the dish uh, sponge and just squeezes it over her head.
1: In the book, he spits on her. Yes. hmm
0: And in the show, the mom is there. Yeah. And she just walks away Mm -hmm. and they actually have a, a conversation later where the mom is like you know uh things have been really hard for your brother lately
1: yeah defending him yeah and defending his behavior and you kind of get you know an idea of like what it's been like for marianne growing up
0: oh my god
1: and especially you know since her father died and you know alan being this force in her mm-hmm. life, you know, someone who's always watching her, someone who's always putting her down constantly. Yeah. Reminding her that she's worthless and pathetic and useless. And it's just really sad. And the mom just not caring enough to do anything about it.
0: Yeah. And you just kind of feel like, you know, you don't know a lot about their family and or or her dad or what they used to be like, but it just kind of seems like Alan is like taking over that role in the family of being yeah. the abuser and putting people down mm-hmm. and the mom is kind of like sliding back into her role i imagine any way of just kind of like sitting by and like not doing anything yeah and it just is such a toxic horrible environment that like whatever it comes around is just so uncomfortable
1: yeah and So things are going well though with Connell and Marianne, but Connell's job hours get cut and he can't afford to stay in Dublin for the summer. And so he either has to find a new living situation or he has to move back home with his mom.
0: And his friend and roommate Niall is like just asked to live with Marianne. Yeah,
1: he's like, you're over there all the time anyway. (laughs) It wouldn't
0: be a big deal. And he just like, Can't do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of goes into that, like, situation of, like, he knows she would say yes. Yeah. But, like, would she actually want that?
1: Yeah, it's their power dynamic. But I think it's also... The class difference.
0: Yeah. Right. That too. Yeah. You know,
1: that like Marianne doesn't think about like her mom is letting her use this apartment that they just own. Mm -hmm. And Marianne doesn't have to pay for rent. She doesn't have to pay for her food. She doesn't have to pay for tuition. Nothing. And Connell is sitting there worrying about this. And it's almost like Marianne would never even think to ask him. (laughs) Yeah. Because she never has to think about it. Right. And, And so I think there's this disconnect there. Mm -hmm. Um, with their social situations and there's
0: also this weird dynamic of the fact that like connell's mom works for her mom yeah so her mom is giving lorraine money which lorraine then gives to connell for various reasons and then connell ends up also spending it on uh marianne not Mm -hmm. all the time but like to a degree yeah and it's just like this weird dynamic of money and power and and you know connell i think as kind of a working class person like Also just wants to make it on his own.
1: Yeah. And not have to worry about this stuff. This ends up in the most um, misunderstanding breakup that I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) He kind of just drops this news on uh, Marianne. Yeah. And he's like, I have to move home for the summer. I can't stay in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, And he says, you probably want to see other people.
1: Yeah. And she's like, I guess so.
0: Which she interprets as, I want to see other people. Yeah. And he might have actually said that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever know for certain.
1: It's really interesting the way that this is presented, because the book is jumping around from Marianne and Connell's perspective and then also jumping around in time. So we actually don't find out about them breaking up in this in this way until it's, you know, in the summer and Marianne is visiting home and sees connell and it's like awkward and you're like oh my god what happened yeah and you know then we go back and flash back to what happened and then later we go to connell's perspective and find out what happened in his mind and like the show does something similar where the episode starts and we see like marianne breaking a glass in the sink and this dramatic scene yeah and then we flash back and things are fine and we don't really find out what happens until later And the two scenes of this conversation are different in the movie.
0: Oh, really? The way
1: that they talk about it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Like, in the scene from Connell's perspective, she's very cold and she's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. And then in the scene from Marianne's perspective, Connell is kind of like, well, I have to like move home and you probably want to see other people. And and she's like, what?
0: Yeah. And like
1: more sad.
0: Yeah. See, I... (laughs) To be honest, I don't remember even getting that scene twice. Yeah, the show jumps around kind of so much, like it, it like it's so collagey in a way of just kind of like piecing scenes. Together, like, in and out of time, Mm -hmm. jumping around, that I kind of forgot we even got two different perspectives on it.
1: Yeah, I think this is really cool, actually. Yeah, Because I think it's so realistic Mm -hmm. to two people trying to communicate with each other, but being kind of bad at it. (laughs) Yes. Which I think is so interesting, because we're told over and over that... Marianne and Connell just get each other, right? Yeah,
0: they talk about things that, like, they can't talk about with other people. Yeah.
1: Um, So in some ways, they're so compatible. But in other ways, they're so flawed. And I think this goes back to maybe how they're raised, um, maybe Connell's anxieties, Marianne's trauma from her childhood, where – Like, they're both vulnerable in different ways, and it makes them defensive, and it makes them project this outward. And so they have these fundamental miscommunications that happen between them, and it causes so many issues. Um, And I think it's so interesting, right? Because, like, the two of them in the show specifically leave the scene, and they're both crying,
0: Yeah. And they both
1: feel like the other person broke up with them. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, why?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did this happen? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, we haven't really talked about the book writing a whole lot, but Mm -hmm. each chapter kind of has the same format where it begins in a present moment and, you know, around this time there's a chapter where it is Marianne's perspective and she's in the supermarket. Yeah. And you're just living this moment with her. And then it'll like mention something. And in this case, she's like, yeah, her and Connell haven't seen each other since he said he wanted to see other people. And yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> and then, then it'll kind of like jump back in time to previous mm-hmm. moments, like catching you up on yeah. what's been going on and what's happening. And I, I think this is an interesting way of telling the story, but I also found it frustrating yeah. at points. And I felt of,
1: like we were always having to be caught up.
0: Yeah, which in a way kind of undermined the the story or the characters a little bit. Like when I found out that Connell and her had broken up again in that way, I kind yeah. of like rolled my eyes. I'm like, Ugh, of course they broke up again. You're like, what happened this time? Yeah, And like, even though the situation of what happened was interesting when it's first presented to you in that way. We're like, Oh, we broke up again. Like it kind of undermines the intensity. Yeah, of
1: and it. you're never really in the present. You're always looking back.
0: Yes. And
1: in this part, especially when Marianne's just, you know, around in the summer and sees Connell. It's not very interesting. Yeah. Like the thing that's happening in the present is not interesting and the past that she's remembering is more interesting. And so you wish you were in that moment instead of in this boring summer moment.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if um Sally Rooney felt like she had to stick to that narrative convention where each chapter was set up that way. Yeah. But it did feel like it hurt the story at certain moments. And I kind of wish she had been more... Willing to break out of that convention a little bit. I agree because it just got to be a little frustrating and made everything feel silly at points. Because mm-hmm. too, like it also jumps back and forth between uh, a chapter of Connell, a chapter of Marianne, a chapter of Connell, and so forth. And you were kind of constantly getting this like outsider perspective on the other person's life. Yeah, that just diminished things, I guess. And
1: sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So. Eventually Marianne and Connell kind of become friends again. Yes. Um, and Marianne tells Connell that she's with Jamie now.
0: The Fucking worst Jamie person. I might hate Jamie even more than Lucas, who we see later on And, like yes. Lucas is maybe is like more despicable, I think, in a way. Yeah. But Jamie is just so much more annoying.
1: Yes. Every word that he says is just like a nail on a chalkboard. <laughs> like it yes. just makes me want to scream. I kind of
0: think it's to the detriment of the story, though, because you're like, it makes me lose respect for Marianne that she would ever be with someone like Jamie. I know. Like, I know part of Marianne's whole thing is that, like, she's with men who, like, she's better than and doesn't deserve because she's kind of a self-loathing. Yeah. I get that, but I'm also like, it. there should be some small quality to them. That you could justify being with them for.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: oh, I know he's kind of a dick, but he's very smart, or he does this thing. Or, yeah. like, there's nothing redeeming about Jamie or Lucas, who we later meet.
1: Yeah, these are just shitty people, but Jamie is the shittiest, and Marianne <laughs> tells Connell very frankly that um she and Jamie do, like, S&M stuff together, and in fact, she asked him to... Beat her up during sex. Yeah. And he likes it. So that's a thing.
0: And Connell is immediately, like, very uncomfortable. And I think is like, did you want that when we were together? Yeah. And I like Marianne's response. She's like, no, because I didn't have to play games with you. Yeah. Kind of being like, I'm not really that into it. Yeah. But I kind of need to be for Jamie. So
1: I can stand being with him?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh... And, you know, not to say that you can't be into that kind of sex in a Mm -hmm. healthy way, but clearly she is. With Marianne. With Marianne, yeah. It's not a healthy dynamic. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have a healthy relationship in that way. Yeah.
1: Considering that her father and her brother verbally and physically abused her, the fact that she wants her partners to do that is not good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very
0: unhealthy. (laughs) Very
1: not good. Uh, both Connell and Marianne take uh, scholarship exams. Yes. Which is a really interesting thing that I don't think we have in the U.S.
0: No, I, yeah.
1: But um, they both, like, pass the test or accept it as scholars. And for Marianne, it's more of just, like, a status thing to show that she is, like, smart. Yeah, but yeah. But for Connell, this is an opportunity for him to have his college paid for.
0: Yes, and, like, room and board mm-hmm. and, like, so much else. Like, basically... It's like a full it's a full ride at this point. Yeah. Uh, And so this is like huge, wonderful news for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, the good times for Connell are not uh, they don't last (laughs) because he gets mugged.
1: Yes. And ends up coming over to Marianne's house um, to borrow some money and this is where he tells her that he's also seeing someone else, mm-hmm. a girl named Helen, and but still wants Marianne to break up with Jamie.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Listen, I have, uh, I have no stakes in this, but like, you need to get rid of him." Yeah, I, I, felt like once again, like the way information is given to us, sometimes like him just being like, "Oh, I'm with this woman, Helen now." Yeah, and you're like, oh, "When?" Okay, yeah, and you're wondering, like, "Okay, are we going to go back and see how they got together?" No. No. (laughs) And it really just is just the author and the show just telling us, like, listen, this person isn't that important. He's going to break up with her. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry.
1: Eventually she'll be gone. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, I really would have loved to have seen how Connell, I mean, you get to see what they're like together to a degree. Yeah. But I really would have loved to have seen how he gets with another person like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's so introverted and shy and awkward and, like.
1: Yeah, what did he see in her? How did they start talking? What does she see in him, you know? um, Yeah, and, like, we get some of the their relationship dynamic later, as you said. Um, But, yeah, Helen's just a throwaway character and just, like, you know, the guys that Marianne is with, too.
0: Yeah. Connell also tells Marianne, uh, by the way, like, I didn't really want to break up with you when we broke up. <laughs> She's like, what? Okay, bye. (laughs)
1: Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Then
0: he leaves. Yeah. Which is just so shitty.
1: Yeah. And here we go again, another big time jump to the summer. And Connell and uh, Niall and some other friends are backpacking through Europe, which is awesome. He's really excited about this. We get Connell kind of talking about how he would never have been able to travel like this if yeah. he didn't have the scholarship. Again, bringing into that into the equation the money and how it really opens so many doors for you when you don't have to worry about money anymore Yeah, and how limiting your worldview and your life is when you're always struggling.
0: Yeah, and I love, too, the show introduces that dynamic further with Jamie yeah. when he's being a shit because I, I don't think it's in the book. He says something like, Oh, thank God for scholarships, right, Connell? Yeah, kind of reminding him that he wouldn't be there without it. Yeah, because Jamie is comes from a rich family and like mm-hmm. doesn't need it. And... Yeah,
1: and Connell's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, he knows, you know. But
0: like bringing up the like clearly, Jamie is so entitled, and that kind of the shit Connell probably has to put up with a lot at going to school at Trinity in Dublin. Yeah. So I, I liked introducing that element in mm-hmm. the dialogue.
1: Yeah, Connell meets uh, Marianne, Jamie, and Peggy um, in Italy, Mm -hmm. where Marianne's family has a vacation home. Yeah, just a little
0: little (laughs) getaway, a little spot.
1: So they're all hanging out together. We get some great Italian countryside scenes. Connell and Marianne ride around on bikes. (laughs)
0: Between this and Call Me By Your Name, <laughs> like, Italy must just be flooded with tourists. I know. Riding. They're ol- like, get me a bike. Get me an old-fashioned bicycle. <laughs> Make
1: it really rickety.
0: One gear. We're be riding through the Italian countryside. <laughs> it's just like a, a whole pack of tourists bumping into each other down the country lanes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And unfortunately, Jamie continues his reign of terror <laughs> by just being an, a huge shit for this whole dinner that they're all having.
0: Uh, Just making literally everything so awkward and so uncomfortable and just like so tense.
1: Yeah, I love um, a way that he's described in the book where Connell says that he found Jamie both boring and hostile at the same time <laughs> <laughs> is so great and
0: so true yeah like there's so many people that you know like that
1: I know he complains about the champagne glasses
0: oh my god the champagne coupes. yeah which was so funny because he's just so wrong about it but is just so <laughs> stubborn and yes. annoying
1: and then he complains about um, tourists and Asians.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which uh, in the book, Niall calls him out for, for being racist. Yeah. Which Niall in the show too, just is like such a laid back I love him. Chill, nice guy. Mm -hmm. Like the true stud of the show in terms of like the male representation, just flawless. Yeah,
1: I love in the show where he says like, you've just been pissing around in your girlfriend's (laughs) Italian villa all summer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You entitled prick. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Things escalate, though, in the tension between, especially between Jamie and Marianne, where Just the tension reaches a boiling point. They Mm -hmm. end up in this shouting match in the kitchen.
1: Connell gets up to intervene. Mm -hmm. And we see Jamie throwing his wine glass on the floor.
0: This was a weird moment for me because reading the book, it plays out all exactly the same. Yeah. Where he breaks this glass and Marianne like lunges at him. Mm -hmm. And I thought. Oh, wait, was that, like, one of her dad's glasses that she specifically mentioned earlier? No. But I I thought they changed to wine or, like, you know, regular wine glasses. I don't know. And then in the show, it's the exact same thing. She mentions, oh, these uh, wine coupes are for my dad. They mean Mm -hmm. a lot to me. But the glass he breaks is just a regular one.
1: I know. I was like... I thought they were setting something up there. Yeah.
0: It makes sense that it would have been one of the nice glasses and why Marianne would have been like extremely upset about that. Yeah. Just one of those moments where I'm like, the show is so accurate yes. to the book to the point where it feels like, like it will make small tweaks to the dialogue and sometimes like something that is internal monologue in the book, it'll turn into regular dialogue or emails yeah. or that kind of thing. Like it'll tweak stuff like that where it needs to. But other parts are so extremely faithful to the book,
1: to the point of like, why is this here? Yeah, where I'm like, they could have
0: changed that slightly and made it better, or like tweaked something, or uh, like I do think it's to the show's detriment at points that it is so unwilling to like change anything.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I thought I thought this scene could just like didn't quite fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but it seems like Marianne and Jamie are over. Connell is comforting Marianne. The two of them end up sleeping in the same bed for platonic reasons, Ian. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) It's it's
0: just totally, like, logistically, she just didn't want to sleep with Jamie. There's nowhere else she could have slept. Yeah. The bed is so big (laughs) that she can sleep with Connell and it's like they don't even know they're there.
1: Exactly. But they are having this conversation and Marianne is kind of confessing, like, I feel like, I'm unlovable and why can't I make people love me? Yeah. And this is really seems like a vulnerable moment for her and Connell is trying to comfort her. Um, but you know, kind of her feeling like she's a bad person. Yeah. And that she d- deserves to be treated badly by the people in her life. Um, it seems like they're going to have sex because he's comforting her too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. But then they they don't. They stop.
0: Mhm. And this felt like a special moment in their relationship, where like typically, where they would quickly fall into each other's orbit again. Yeah, and maybe start dating again or having a sexual relationship. She like stops them from yeah. doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. This unfortunately does not bode well <laughs> for either of their upcoming semesters at school. No. She goes to Sweden.
1: This is the sad Sweden. Part. Sad Sweden. <laughs>
0: Like, just picture, like, a really moody Ikea yeah, where it's snowing. A lot. Uh, th- this, does, this does not make me want to go to Sweden, Adina. <laughs> like, it's not a good representation of...
1: Well, I read that they filmed in February. Okay. So not a good time no. to be in Sweden.
0: <laughs> but also just, um, you know, the only person we really meet there is the worst person in the world next to Jamie.
1: Lucas. L- Lucas.
0: She begins dating him... And the show actually does change things here a little bit. Yeah. Where she wants to break up with him and he's like, I don't want to. I really like you. And Mm -hmm. she's like, that is the issue. I want the opposite of that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so you want me to like treat you like shit? Yeah. And she's like, yes. Yes. And I do find this interesting to kind of show that like
1: she's in control a bit
0: yeah that she like really did consent to this dynamic of their relationship and in fact kind of was the one who like set the yeah boundaries or the expectations for the relationship they end up having
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it wasn't just like oh she met the worst person in the world and then was like <laughs> fine with it yeah <laughs> that she was kind of like part of dictating like what that was
1: yeah, you know, it's like a continuation of kind of what she had with Jamie like the tying up, the aggressive and you know, beating up aspect in sex, but it's also very psychological. Yeah, um, they have this thing called the game where during sex, Marianne is not allowed to look at him or yeah. speak, and um, he can do whatever he wants with her, and then he, like even after sex, he just tells her that she's worthless and pathetic. Very much like her brother does to her. Um, And then the game ends when she is allowed to go shower. And this is just like so sad. We also kind of get hints that um, Marianne is not eating.
0: Yeah. And that
1: she's, you know, possibly has an eating disorder here. Um, And she talks because she and Connell are emailing a lot about feeling very detached and disassociated from the world, which is depression. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but she doesn't understand that that's what's happening. She's like, I feel so separated from people, and like I'm lo- I'm watching myself from far away, and I'm watching other people, and it doesn't feel like real life. And I'm like,
0: this is depression. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm like sad, necessarily. yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised when other people like, look at me in the, the eyes, <laughs> yeah, and acknowledge my existence. And I'm like, oh god. Uh, there's a whole episode of the show that's pretty much dedicated to her in Sweden. Where besides, like, Connell emailing her a little bit, like, it's pretty much focusing on her. Yeah. It is a tough episode and Mm -hmm. tough chapter of the story to read.
1: She eventually breaks things off with Lucas um, after he starts taking some naked photos of her. Yeah. And, you know, tying her up and things. In the book, she leaves because he tells her that he loves her.
0: I... Oh yes. Yeah. I and do in the that. in
1: the show she leaves because she suddenly is like I don't want to do this anymore.
0: Yeah. So
1: kind of different, but in both situations I think she's realizing that like this cannot continue. Mhm. And that the relationship we ha- she has with Lucas is not healthy and if he wants to keep going like she's she's allowing it but it's not that she loves him.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh things are also not great for connell at this time uh he is seeking uh a therapist or he's you know seeking uh counseling from a therapist Mm -hmm. because he is experiencing depression and severe anxiety panic
1: attacks
0: we find out this began when he found out that his friend from back home rob Mm -hmm. uh, committed suicide yeah So he has to go home for the funeral. He goes home. He goes back with Helen, who goes with him. And clearly things are not going well with them either. Yeah. And he's very defensive about it. He's like, it's just like, it's a funeral. Like, we're not here to have a good time. Mm -hmm. But Helen is very rightfully is like, This is more than that. Something's not right.
1: And Marianne's at the funeral, and the way that he acts with Marianne is very different than the way he's responding to Helen. So, you know, she ends up breaking up with him, but he's in a really bad place here. And he and Marianne are, you know, still in communication, like, emailing and stuff while she's in Sweden, but he's feeling super isolated and alone. And I really love... um, This scene of him in counseling in the book and in the show, because the dialogue is basically the same. So Connell is talking to the therapist and is saying, I just don't have a lot of people who I really click with. You know, I struggle with that. Do you think that's a new problem or is it something familiar to you? It's familiar, I suppose. I would say in school, I sometimes had that feeling of isolation or whatever, but people liked me in everything. Here, I feel like people don't like me that much. And he talks about his friend Rob and how they weren't really that close, like, and they didn't have a bond, but he always, like, had his friendship and that they were connected to each other. Yeah. And then he talks about, I probably thought if I moved here, I would fit in better, he says. You know, I thought I might find more like-minded people or whatever. But honestly, the people here are a lot worse than the people I knew in school. I mean, everyone here just goes around comparing how much money their parents make. Like, I'm being literal with that. I've seen that happen. He breathes in now, feeling that he has been talking too quickly and at too great a length, but I'm willing to stop. I just feel like I left Carrickly, thinking I could have a different life, he says. But I hate it here, and now I can never go back there again. I mean, those friendships are gone. Rob is gone. I can never see him again. I can never get that life back.
0: It's it's so sad. And the the show, I mean, that whole monologue is almost verbatim. yeah. In the show as well. hmm And I love the writing, you know, here, like what you read. And yeah. it's, it's, it's really great. But I have to say the show with Paul Meskel's performance.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Is just so raw and just so devastating. hmm And, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable.
1: I mean, this scene is amazing. And just him... Being so vulnerable and so devastated and sharing that he feels like he doesn't know where his life is going. Mm-hmm. He's afraid. He's feel he's feeling like he's lost not only his friend, but like the life he could live and feeling like he has nowhere to go. And like the sobbing, the way that he sobs Ian in this scene is so real. And I was, I was telling yes. you after we watch it, I'm like, this is how people cry.
0: Yes, it's so accurate to like, the inability to, like, catch your breath. Yes. And the kind of gasps.
1: And it's like you can't control it. It's coming yeah. out of you. Yes. Me. Yeah. And
0: he's so just vulnerable in that moment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, his his crying yeah. is 10 out of 10. He deserves an Emmy. <laughs> I know. Just for his crying alone. It's And
1: it's also, I think, really beautiful seeing him get help. Yes. And I really want to impress on this point here because Connell needs help. Niall suggests he goes to therapy. Good on Niall. Yes. And he goes. And we find out later that he continues to go. Mm -hmm. He starts um, antidepressants. He realizes that he needs to get help. He realizes that he has these issues with anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? And he works on it. And I love this so much because... This is a scene where he's not really having a breakthrough.
0: Yes. I wanted to say that too. Yeah. yeah,
1: But he's really having a moment where he can really express how he's feeling. He has someone to listen to him and he has someone who wants to help.
0: I think focusing on that aspect of it and of of therapy in general in media is so helpful because usually, like you said... Even when a character does go to therapy or a psychiatrist, it's usually to build up to, like, some kind of, like, breakthrough moment Mm -hmm. where they understand themselves suddenly and they're, like, better. Yeah. But, like, here you can just see him being able to finally express these feelings and talk about what has clearly been on his mind for so long. Yeah. On its own is obviously just this release for him. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make him, like, better. No. But you can understand seeing it, like, this is what he needs. in his life right now Mm -hmm. and we have said probably countless times on this show (laughs) like if only this character would go to therapy yes it would be so great and this shows you that like yes this is like so good for his character Mm -hmm. but it doesn't resolve everything no like it doesn't suddenly just make his life easier and like there's no conflict in the story anymore i know Yet again, another thing this show does that I can't really think of another show or movie doing well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Although, you know who needs to go to therapy is Marianne. I'm like, why is Marianne not also in therapy? Like, get to therapy, girl. She needs it just as much as Kyle does. I do love the scene, though, of the two of them Skyping each other and... Uh, Marianne telling him to leave the Skype on while he's sleeping. This was
0: so touching. I know. (laughs) It was so sweet. It's
1: just you can see how much she cares for him and and she wants him to be okay, and he's able to talk to her about the therapy yeah. and his depression and just able to be real, real with her, and she accepts him and supports him and is just there for him, even all the way in Sweden.
0: Yeah, and just, like, her presence, too. Like, it's not even, like, they yeah. don't even need to be actively talking, just, like, her being on, mm-hmm. the, like, leaving the call on. Yeah, You know what I mean? Clearly means something to him. Yeah, yeah that moment was so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's go to the summer again.
0: Yes, they...
1: She's back from Sweden and is in their hometown for some reason?
0: Yeah, I don't understand. Like, first of all, in the book, I don't even think they specify that it's, like, the summer break. She's just, like, back home. Yeah. And I'm like, she didn't drop out of school, did she? Yeah. Because she dropped out of high school, kind of, at the end of the year. Basically. Yeah, so I was like, did she drop out of college? And it just, like, never acknowledges it and in the show she mentions being on summer break but i'm like why is she home still yeah
1: she's never been like home for summer break before no like she's visited but she's never stayed Yeah, so i don't really know what's going on i mean it could be stuff with her friends but because we know that like Jamie and Peggy have fallen out of her life and the only one she really keeps in contact with anymore is Joanna but like that's not really given as a reason why she doesn't want to go back or anything but Connell is visiting her on the weekends and they're hanging out together again as friends and and they're chill but of course there's this aspect to their relationship where they want to be sexual partners they want to try again and we have this scene where the two of them are in Connell's childhood bedroom and kind of discussing whether or not to begin their romantic relationship again
0: yeah and just kind of saying that like they've been spending a lot of time together again and she like misses that and like their relationship is like still really complicated even though they're not having sex because they both yeah. know that they want to have sex and it's <laughs> like kind. and you know I-, I watched an interview with sally rooney that was really interesting because she was kind of talking about how in this story she kind of wanted to explore how we do label relationships yeah in terms of you know what's our dynamic are we going out are we not going out and how even if we do put labels on them that's usually not really the whole story and a lot of times it's more complicated than that and yeah how even if you want to take those labels away how like what are you left with like yeah. where do we go from here if we're not going to be like specifically defining what we are. Mm-hmm. And I get that really in this scene a whole lot of them yeah. being like, I mean, we want to be just friends, but we also both want to be having sex. So why aren't we just having sex too?
1: Yeah. But yeah. is that
0: putting too much on the relationship? Like, mm-hmm. can we can we do that and still be the same people or the same well, friends?
1: recognizing to their pattern right Yeah, and like that it hasn't really worked out for them so far and, yeah like, can will it work out for them if they try again and then we get the scene where it seems like they are going to try again and and they start having sex and things seem to be going okay they seem really happy to be doing it everything is great yep. and then marianne says
0: can you hit me will you hit me and poor Connell. And I think
1: Connell's dick instantly wilts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. And like, I I kind of wonder if this is like Marianne subtly sabotaging the situation, like almost intentionally, because like maybe I think she would know that Connell wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that or be like, it's just not his personality to mm-hmm. do that. And this quickly kind of spoils the entire situation. Yeah. And she ends up leaving. She's crying. She's crying. Connell's in his room giving us the the next best crying (laughs) performance. And, you know, things seem uncertain with them. Unfortunately, when Marianne goes home, Alan is waiting for her.
1: Yeah. And he's telling her, you shouldn't be around Connell. I don't want you to go near him anymore. And Marianne is kind of like, I don't really care what you think, what others think. And at this moment, Alan throws his uh, bottle of beer at her. Yeah. And she runs away from him. And it's a little more extended in the book. She ends up like barricading the door so he can't come after her because he's chasing her through the house.
0: Yeah,
1: And – um. He ends up pushing through the door so hard that it hits her in the face and breaks her nose.
0: And this just, like, feels, like, inevitable. Yeah. That even though the physical abuse was, in a way, like, kind of accidental, mm-hmm. like, it was bound to happen. Yeah, and, if and it,
1: he intended to hurt her.
0: Yes, like, and if it wasn't, like, accidental, it, it probably would have been, like, much more directly intentional like later on anyhow you know what i mean like yeah. clearly he didn't care about her safety in this moment and mm-hmm. like i don't know he was probably gonna physically her. assault her anyway yeah so yeah so she ends up calling connell to come pick her up mm-hmm. saying like that it was an accident at first like she fell mm-hmm. and of course connell when he sees her knows that it was alan i
1: love this scene it's the same in the the book in the show he is like sees alan behind her and he's yeah. like, was it him mm-hmm. she just nods and then he's like get in the car
0: <laughs> and in this moment i was like look connell is a good guy i don't think him beating up alan would be good for him or the situation or i don't it wouldn't resolve anything yeah. however i just want to watch connell lift alan Beat over the out over alan. his entire head and just body slam him <laughs> into the floor i want nothing more than that
1: i love though that he waits until she gets in the car and then he shuts the door <laughs> I know. um and he threatens alan he's like i will kill you if you touch her or if you say one mean thing to her ever again and then just you know takes marianne home and tells her in the car like that will never happen to you again I will make sure that this never happens to you again. Again, in a situation where he is protecting her and comforting her and kind of declaring his love for her in this moment. Um, But this does positively begin a healthy dynamic, I think, for them. Yeah. After this, it seems like they've been together for a while. Like, the two of them have found a way to be in a relationship and, you know, to make it work. We get some throwaway comment in the book about, like, her submitting to him without violence. And I'm like, what does that mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also he suggests they go to a party later on and she's like, how could I deny a command or an order Yeah, So you're
1: like, okay, is it like a little like submissive dominant, you know? I
0: like that though. The fact that like bringing up the idea that even in a relationship that doesn't have that direct or implied mm-hmm. dynamic, like, they're not doing BDSM stuff or anything like that. Yeah. But just kind of questioning, like, is that inherent in relationships to a degree? Yeah. Like, is it even possible to fully remove yourself from that dynamic of, like, kind of being at someone's will?
1: Yes. And, like, the the sexual aspect of that, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we get some good moments, though, because... We get Marianne spending Christmas with Connell and his family. It's so
0: sweet. I know. In both versions. Yeah,
1: I just love that Marianne is is accepted into this family and can finally be with people that aren't shitty to her all the time.
0: Because Lorraine is the best mom. She's the best mom. She's the best mom. God,
1: that scene, though, where Marianne's mom just, like, walks on past them is so awful. Yeah, and in the show, too, we get uh, Marianne's mom texting her on her birthday being like... Give me back the keys to the apartment. Yeah. So, you know, Marianne's living with Connell now.
0: You know what? To be, not to be fair, it honestly might be a better situation for Marianne. Oh, yeah. in, In the long run, the fact that the mom... Just wants nothing to do with her because, like, Marianne honestly should just be completely removed from both of her them. Her mom's
1: making it easier for Yes, her. it would yeah. probably
0: be worse if she was like, oh, come back, like, I miss you. And was, like, more of a sympathetic person because that would probably just prolong the situation.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's like, you kind
0: of could, honestly.
1: <laughs> um, Connell, though, gets an acceptance offer. For a school in New York City to do his MFA.
0: And this is news to Marianne Mm -hmm. because Connell did not tell her he was applying. Yeah. And his reasoning is like, well, it was such a long shot. I didn't think it would happen anyway. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't even think I would want to go. But kind of just hinting at the idea that like their relationship still might have these problems to some degree.
1: Communication issues. Yeah.
0: The fact that everything isn't. And it's not like a deal breaker like oh my god they're but he didn't they're tell doomed. Me. yeah they're doomed again uh kind of a realistic depiction once again of like hey these issues probably aren't just gonna go away even yeah. even when they're like in their best situation they've ever been in
1: yeah i think it's interesting how the show actually brings up the um new york city plot line earlier yeah than the book does the book throws it in at like the last five pages <laughs> yeah, and i'm like what the hell is happening yeah um But kind of the show introduces it earlier and then Marianne is sort of like, you know, because Connell is saying, I don't want to go. There's no way I'm going. And she's like, just think about it. Like, wait, kind of let let it sit for a bit. And then we have like Christmas. We have her birthday. We have other things happening. And then she brings it up later and she's like, I think you should go.
0: Yeah. By the way, I'm glad you brought up the birthday thing. I loved having that scene in the show, which isn't in the book at all. Yeah. Just. To remind you that like Marianne does have people in her life that like care and love for her. Yeah. And that like she does have a support network that's more than just Connell. Yes. Like I thought that was a good scene to like remind us of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they finally are packing up her apartment things yeah. and moving out, and she's like, I think you should go to New York. Mm-hmm. He is uncertain, and rightfully so, he's like, I haven't He's like, just a year ago, I was, like, so depressed and anxious and, like, I've improved a lot, but, like, does moving to a new city where I don't know anyone sound like a good idea?
1: Yeah, he and he's anxious about that. Uh, But, like, Marianne sees this as an opportunity for him and also feels like, I don't know, I feel like this is, like, a martyr thing on Marianne's part, at least how it's described in the book, Mm -hmm. that she kind of wants to, like, set him free so he can, like, live a better life without her. And I'm like... Let him make his own decisions, you know? Um, The movie, or the movie, the show kind of portrays it more like, you want to go. I know you want to go, and like, we will be okay, you know what I mean? And we can, like, make this work. But there's also this aspect of, like, they might not make it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. There's a lot of uncertainty to it. yeah. I was still so, and like, he's like, okay. And I was so frustrated by the sending to a degree (laughs) because I'm like, this is bad for both of them. Because Marianne makes the comment of, I don't want to go to New York City. I want to keep living the life I'm living here. Yeah. And I know that her life isn't Connell and it shouldn't be. However, a large part of what has made her life good recently is Connell. Yeah. Like them being together has been a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it shouldn't be her everything, but I don't think them splitting up and going long distance all of a sudden is going to be very healthy or good for her. Yeah. And also his point about like, yeah, I don't know if a whole life change. Even Where for, I know nobody. Even for just a year going to a different city in a different country is good for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's kind of that idea of like. To this idea of, like, your future career being everything. Yeah. And that you have to grasp every opportunity that presents itself to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a toxic, unhealthy way to think of things. Well,
1: it's like a now or never thing, right? You know, like, oh, well, you better take it because you only have one life. And it's like, yeah, but also, like, there are other important things in life. Like your mental health, like your friendships, your relationships. Yes, you should never make a big decision that's just based on, like, your partner, right? Like, yeah. you should do it because you want to do it and, you know, because it, you can see yourself doing it. But, like, I don't know. It just feel felt kind of simplistic. Yes. Overly simplistic to be like, this is a great opportunity. You have to take it. And he's like, okay.
0: For a show that doesn't feel, and for a novel that doesn't feel very bound to, like, any narrative conventional aspects. Yeah. Like, this... Final thing thrown into it at the end of like, oh my God, he has this opportunity, but it's overseas and she doesn't want to go with him. Yeah. What will they choose? You're like, oh
1: my God, really?
0: Yeah, it feels kind of hokey yeah. or like kind of contrived mm-hmm. and I I just wasn't.
1: Another wrench thrown into their relationship.
0: I get the idea of wanting it to be ambiguous at the end as to whether they will make it or not. And mm-hmm. I, I am fine with that quality and even like it. Yeah. But the setup and framework surrounding it, I felt was a little bit not fitting in with the rest of the story.
1: Yeah. And that's how it ends.
0: That's the end.
1: Which one's better, Ian? And,
0: uh, you know what? I'm going to throw this one to you first. I know what I want to say. Okay. But I want to hear what you have to say first.
1: So um, the show is incredibly faithful.
0: Yes. Like-
1: incredibly faithful. And sometimes I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that with the, the scene in Italy with the wine glass, you know, and like there are other aspects where I wish that they maybe change some stuff. However, I really, really love the performances. Yes. In this show. Yeah. Both Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Mescal were amazing in this. And I think, I mean, it was shot really well. It's beautiful. I love the sex scenes. I thought it was sexy and romantic, but without feeling, like, exploitative at all. Yeah, yes. And it just felt really like two people coming together in a natural way. Um, I think I'm going to go with the show.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: I think I enjoyed it more, and I've been thinking about the show more than the book.
0: It's <sighs> an interesting point. I, my initial reaction was to go with book. Yeah. Because... Even though I liked a lot of aspects of the show, I think overall it was too long. I I
1: agree with you. I think it was a little too long.
0: And I think part of that is it being like too faithful to the book where it didn't feel like it could like shorten anything or Mm -hmm. like leave anything out. Like, you know, between the Jamie dynamic and the Lucas dynamic, did we need both of those? Yeah. Did we need the Sweden stuff? (laughs) Like, couldn't we have like kind of combined those subplots and- Eliminated a whole episode, which I'm yeah. sure could have been done elsewhere, too. Yeah. Um. And with the show being, like, such a consistent mood mm-hmm. and vibe, I don't know if I would have kept going back to it or not. Yeah. Like, part of me also feels like it could have been better as a movie. Hmm. I could see it capturing me more for, like, a longer time and trying to condense it, you know what I mean? Like a two-hour yeah. or, you know, two-and-a-half-hour movie that is telling essentially the same story, same performances and everything. Like there's so much to this that I really like, but yeah. I guess I felt like overall it kind of felt like it was plodding along a little bit too much at points. But like you said, the performances are great. It's shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's great in that way. Um, I guess I just didn't feel like the book was quite as draining yeah, in that way. And I also found so much of the introspection of the characters about what was going on being, like, so interesting and informative mm-hmm. and, like, enlightening to, like, how they were actually, like, feeling about things mm-hmm. that in the show could maybe be a little too ambiguous as to, like, what was going on. Yeah. I, I really did like the show a lot. Like, I love so much of what it did that we don't see in a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's treatment of the characters and taking things seriously. God, I'm fucking... I'm, I'm torn on this
1: one. <laughs> You're like uh, talking yourself I'm into arguing both sides right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, you just gotta decide. I mean, I'm pretty set on the show, personally. I really enjoyed the book in a lot of ways, but I felt like a lot of things were kind of flat for me, and the show kind of brought them into three dimensions.
0: That's true. You know, thinking about the therapy scene with Connell. Yeah. And just how much... How I will remember that scene for years Mm -hmm. because I got to watch it and watch that performance.
1: Yeah. And the scene of them having sex for the first time.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like I just felt like a lot of the stuff that was interesting, but it didn't really like move me. Yeah. And then I watched the show and I felt
0: moved. That's a really good point. Don't
1: let me convince you. I though. think, like, but just... I think you convinced
0: me. I think, I think this is we on you. We can
1: disagree. <laughs> let us disagree.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but i I agree with you. I think more than anything that like the show is what I will remember more.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, even though I just made a whole argument about why <laughs> I think the book is better, I, I do think the emotional impact of the show was greater. Yeah, which is ultimately the best thing about the story in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go show as well.
1: Nice. Nice. I convinced <laughs> you. But it's it's tight, obviously. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, now that we've given our thoughts on Normal People, the book and show, I know we have some thoughts from our Patreon, uh, Acree, right? Who suggested yes. it.
1: Yeah. So um, Acree sent us a message and said, I messaged about this a little with Adina, but sometimes you just want to scream at the characters, just talk to each other. (laughs) I've read Sally Rooney's other two books, and this kind of human miscommunication or misconnection seems to be the core theme of hers. It actually took me a while to realize that Normal People flips back and forth between Marianne and Connell's points of view, because it never delves very deeply into either of their interiors. It's almost like the two characters are struggling to understand themselves as much as they struggle to understand each other. I also thought it was interesting how the power dynamics shift and slide between Marianne and Connell. In high school, Connell has power over Marianne because he's popular. But after Marianne becomes cool in college, her economic power suddenly feels more significant because she also holds all the social capital. Perhaps because of these power dynamics and the miscommunications at play, the characters' sexual encounters can often feel ethically gray. I kept finding myself trying to decide who is right and who is wrong in a situation. And I think Rooney's writing resists that. It can be uncomfortable to read for that reason. But I also like how it keeps me in a state of mental wrestling, even though the prose itself is nearly effortless to read. Overall, though, what I liked most about Normal People is that it's just a well-written love story with interesting characters. I studied abroad in Ireland in college and did a concentration on Irish literature, so I loved getting to spend some time in that part of the world and listen to the cadence of Irish English. I guess it's just my cup of tea, Ireland pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Acri, for sharing your thoughts and for suggesting this episode. It's been a really fun one to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Should we go into a lightning round now?
1: Yeah, let's do lightning. First up for lightning round, I have to bring up the Jane Austen reference that's in this. Yes. Connell is deeply moved by his reading of Emma. And who among us... Has not been moved by the reading of Emma. I know, I was. he talks about um, the moments between Emma and Knightley coming together and feeling like so touched. Yeah. And I was like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I relate. (laughs) I also
0: love how Connell just talks about how like no one else in his classes does the reading. Yes. (laughs) And how it's just a bunch of people giving really strong opinions on books they haven't read. This was
1: my entire experience studying literature in college, honestly. I was the only one who was (laughs) reading the books. I am not kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But, Adina, what's more important, the reading or the opinions? (laughs) The reading. (laughs) Um, There is a whole scene in the uh, book and the show that is very interesting and uncomfortable where Connell starts to hook up with his old high school teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And the book alludes to this dynamic earlier on, where he's like, "I feel like this one teacher, like, is into me." Yeah, and like my friends joke about it, but like I would never do anything. Mm-hmm. And then he runs into her at the club. Yeah, uh, when he's in one of his periods away from Marianne, and they, in the book, go back to her place, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting because like at first you're like. Oh, Connell, like, yeah. get, get together with your high school teacher now that it's, like, consensual and okay or mm-hmm. whatever. But then, like, it quickly becomes weird yeah, and uncomfortable. And, like, he is so drunk, especially yeah. in the book, that, like... She's
1: taking advantage yes, of him. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it quickly becomes, like, very weird and uncomfortable. And he, like, just leaves. Yeah. He, like, makes an excuse, like, I'm gonna be sick. And then, like, just rents away mm-hmm. and i i did like how it kind of just made that like a very unhealthy bad situation which Def- it is <laughs> definitely uh
1: next for lightning round uh connell ends up going to an author talk at his school and he just thinks it's so stupid but later he's talking to the author in in a pub situation and is just kind of saying how he's uncomfortable at trinity and isn't isn't doing well and the author says you could probably get a first collection out of it <laughs> in yeah. terms of like writing something about his terrible experiences. Yeah. I thought that was just so funny.
0: And Connell saying it gave him like some comfort to think that he wasn't just suffering for nothing.
1: <laughs> I'll write about this someday. Uh,
0: uh, the last thing I wanted to say was there was just like a really interesting little quote that I'm just going to paraphrase where they were talking about their friend Rob who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And, I found it so interesting because they were, like, talking about how in real life, you know, everyone's saying now, like, oh, he was such a great person who loved life and, you know. And them being, like, that wasn't really very honest, though. Like, he was kind of, he was a little self-absorbed. Like, he was so. Insecure. Insecure and wanting to be popular with people. He kind of would have done anything. Mm -hmm. Like, not, like, shitting on him, but just being upfront and real about what he was like. Yeah. And. Marianne's kind of reflecting on like when he used to bully her in school yeah and thinking about how clearly sad he was later on in his life Mm -hmm. and she said something about like if you are bullied it doesn't really tell you anything about yourself it's just tough yeah but if you do bully someone you learn something about yourself that you'll never forget Yeah. And I just found that so interesting. I agree. This idea that like you see a side of yourself, even if it's a young age Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're all stupid and make mistakes. But like you kind of learn something about how bad you can be.
1: Yeah. What you're capable of. Yeah.
0: If -hmm. you're allowed to be. Yeah. And I I just thought that was like one of those moments that was written that like isn't in the show that I just thought was like so thoughtful and interesting.
1: Mm hmm. And I just want to wrap up this lightning round by saying to you, Ian, that I'm really glad that our relationship is not like this. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We don't talk about our relationship a lot on the podcast, but just want to say that I'm really grateful for you and that we can talk to each other and be honest with each other about how we feel. And like, we're not perfect and, you know, we are going to grow and change. And But I always... Know that we'll work on it together.
0: Yes, I am glad that we can communicate and that our relationship isn't just in constant turbulence and uncertainty. <laughs> and just you know, it makes for good drama, but yes. it is not something that that's I want. That's not
1: the life I want to live. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can. This was a patron requested episode, so. If you are like, I really want them to do this episode, best way is to become a patron. So um, you can do that over on Patreon. We have bonus episodes over there and a lot of other additional content that you can listen to. Um, Also want to mention that we have a few $1 patron slots left. Yes. But after that, we will um, not have that tier available anymore. So Mm -hmm. if you've been thinking about becoming a patron... Um, and you would like to do that at the $1 level, now is the time.
0: Yes. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, giving us a star rating or positive review is super helpful and very appreciated. Uh, you can email us at uh, cover at creditspod at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram. We're constantly updating and posting on there. Twitter, Facebook. We're all over the place. Yeah, find us. <laughs> Thank you again uh, for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time. Bye. Bye.